Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Players Box podcast. Here I met Uskati. Um, if you're new in this podcast, uh, my name is Aymet. I was a former tennis player. I'm from Venezuela. I can currently working in Hong Kong uh, in a tennis academy. I'm not playing professionally anymore. And I decided to share all the experience that I had through my career and put it out there in uh, different platforms like podcasts like uh, if you go and you can check the instagram of the players box um you'll find a lot of uh, valuable content as well in videos and post uh, articles uh, through the web page as well so the players box is basically where i share all all my experience all what i learned the ups and downs the good the bad things the fun the not so much fun parts and um And I hope in this episode you find uh, a lot of value as well. This time I spoke with um, an old friend and a great person. She's from Bolivia. She she was a former tennis player as well. She's now coaching in uh, Florida in Boca Raton. And um, it's just it's just so so grateful to talk with. Um, old friends and people that went through the same as you, you know, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of tennis players out there that are gonna find this chat very, very interesting. A lot of parents that are gonna find this chat very, very helpful, uh, helpful to in, in terms of um, how to coach at home the kids, you know, their their own kids and. Um, I, I'll leave you to it. It, it is um, this is this was an Instagram live that I did through the players box uh, with Maria Fernanda, and uh, you can go there and check it out and watch, uh, you know, the faces of the persons that are talking in this podcast. Um, we talk a lot about about her journey as a tennis player. She was a former 187 in the WTA uh, ranking. She, she was a great doubles player as well. We talk about how to handle pressure. We talk about tactics and how to identify weaknesses in your opponent. We talk about um, Fed Cup. We talk about team building. We talk about her injury and why he retired from tennis. Why she retired from tennis and, um, and what she has learned in all this process. Uh, right now she's 31 years old and then she has a daughter and looking back you can definitely see you can definitely hear so much experience so much uh, learning from um, the whole her whole life you know as a tennis player I think we never stop being tennis players but we definitely um, when we look back we understand a lot more the sport we understand a lot more um, what, what we did how we did it why we did it and what could have done better And when we realize what I could have done better, we want to share that with everyone like I'm doing now, like Maria Fernanda did with this uh, Instagram live. We want to share everything that we went through so you can um, kind of go through your path, through your process in a smoother, smoother way and a more enjoyable way um, through your tennis career. So... Uh, that's it. I hope you enjoy it. Have a good one. It's gonna be so weird to do this in English, but we have to try. 
knowing that you speak Spanish and I speak Spanish, we never... I know, I know. Yeah. We will do a second part in Spanish, I promise. <laughs> Where are you? You are on, you were on court now, no? Just yes. now. Yes, taking a little break now. I usually spend this time with my daughter. She's there. I can hear her. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, Nanda, what, can you can you tell us where are you right now? Yeah, I'm in the U.S. right now, working with uh, junior players. Uh, basically, that's it. Yeah. All right. Where As in the U.S.? Coach, a private coach. Yeah. Where in the U.S.? Right now, I'm in Boca, Boca Raton. Okay. Okay, that's, that's Florida, right? Yes. Florida. Cool. Um, okay, well, I, I call you Nanda, but your real name is Maria Fernanda, and uh, everyone calls you Nanda as a, a nickname and just also close friends, I guess. Um, can you, let, let, let's talk. I, I want to know a lot about you because I, I know you from many years, but just, it, it's been a matter of, spending time in competitions, in tournaments. I actually, I know you for quite a long time. I think the first tournament that I played professionally, you were there. It was in... in I was? Yeah, you were there. Very, you don't remember, but I remember very clear. It was in, in Caracas, in my, uh, my country. And it was a 25K. Uh, And, and uh, yeah, I, I remember meeting you there for the first time. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if you remember. It was a long time I ago. I remember. I didn't, I didn't know that that was your first tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think that was 2012. And um, I, I actually have a picture of you and uh, another two Brazilian players. We were sitting down watching the, the down courts in yeah. the federation. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um Okay, so uh, how how you started playing tennis? Where, where are you from, and and uh, how how all this journey started for you? Well, I'm from Bolivia, from Santa Cruz. Um, my sister uh, was a tennis player as well. She played college. She played for Clemson. Um, So basically, that's how I started. I was watching her, then I would ask my parents to take me to the club, play a little bit, and then, yeah, this is how it went. Um, I started when I was six, probably. And, um, well, since the beginning, like, I kind of fell in love with the sport. I asked my parents to do some private uh, lessons, and then at nine or eight, I was already having like a private lessons besides that group session that I was doing. And by 10, I would say that I wanted to become a professional tennis player. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that was it. Uh, and I mean, let's like, um, before we continue, because probably uh, the people that will hear this or will watch this later, they, they don't know you much. And like, can you in a very short story can you tell uh, because you were 137 in the world before and before you retired and and um like 
this is a pretty cool achievement in tennis and especially from our countries as uh, uh, Venezuela and Bolivia where the tennis culture is not huge. So um, was that the best moment in your career? Well, that's a funny question because I don't feel it was the best moment, right? Uh, I actually reached that ranking. I mean, I was 187, I believe, in singles. Okay. And I was 20 years old. Um, and then I never really focused my career on playing doubles, but I kind of had a coach that was like, hey, I think you're pretty good at doubles. You should, like, play more often. And I said, okay. I'm gonna do that and then I started playing doubles I find, found a partner and we kind of played together for a few times and I reached that high career and while I was playing this well with her I was already feeling the pain on my wrist so after that career hard I really couldn't really play more doubles because um, I focus on getting um, my singles ranking back so I could use that protected ranking in doubles and then I retired, so I really could, couldn't use it anymore because I decided to quit before. Um, so yeah, I kind of regret it, but I can't, really couldn't handle the, the pain anymore. It was very okay. painful to play even after surgery. So I feel, going back to your question, that my best tennis moment was after surgery. Okay. Where I was mentally there, where I could... Uh, Play like in a calm state, uh, feeling positive. Um, I didn't really care if I was winning or losing. I was just enjoying the moment. And for me, I wasn't really able to enjoy playing before the surgery. So for me, it was a change of of mental attitude there. But I really couldn't, like, I couldn't play anymore. You know. So I was like, oh, I was playing when I saw you in Mexico at a, I think a 10k. Um, I felt very strong mentally. I was playing well. I I was coming back from the injury, and then like I could play two weeks, three weeks max, two weeks max, and then I had to stop for three months. And it was on and off like this, and I just couldn't and, do it anymore. And uh, Nanda, okay, so let let's take the surgery as a before and after. Can you talk about the before the surgery? So you, you started your dream as a professional when you were 10, as you said. Let's go back again to the beginning. And, and uh, you were, you, you are from La Paz? No, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. And then, so you were what? You started playing tournaments right away when you were 10, when you were 12. How, how was that journey as a junior? Well, I started playing yeah, tournaments under 10s, nationals, I was traveling, I remember traveling with my mom, uh, by 10, I was winning them all, but you know, I didn't think it was a big deal, then I went um, right after 10s, I remember the first tournament I played on four teams, a national, was uh, to qualify for a South American, you know, this championships team, uh, and whoever that won that tournament, automatically qualified right for the okay. South American team competition and I was 10 like uh, I think I just turned 11 right <laughs> this was in April 
So from qualifying, I ended up winning the tournament and I went there okay. as an 11 year old and competed against all the 14 year old kids, the best kids around South America. For me, was that was like, wow, you know? Right, right, right. And so then I kept on going, uh, winning, you know, and with my dad, we decided like, okay, we need to make a change. So when I was 14, I moved to Argentina uh, by myself. Uh, like my parents could not go there, so I would stay at uh, family houses and practice there with Daria uh, Kopsik and Claudio Sosa. I think that helped my game a lot. Um, was it was very good for me for my tennis, but uh, of course there is the other part where you don't have your family, you're growing, um, you need support, and I feel that at the end that as a as a female affected me a little bit on my confidence on you know other things that you're not really thinking besides tennis that yeah. they can have an impact on your life. So I think that uh, for me, that was like a big mental thing that held me back in some moments because I wasn't strong. I couldn't, you know, I, I, the pressure that I put myself because I was by myself. Then whenever I had contact with my parents, it was like, oh, we're talking about tennis, how you can get better, how, but never, like, Nanda, how do you feel? Are you feeling alone? Are you feeling right. good? Are you, you know, and these things, I think, matter sometimes even more than what you do on the tennis court yeah i agree i agree on that because uh yeah i think on tennis kind of organized and you're you feel stable and comfortable then you will reflect that on court for sure in my opinion and how many so, years you spend in argentina basically my entire career except at the end i i and I started practicing with my brother-in-law and I think that was great as I told you I felt the best that I've ever felt before I had family support I was uh, I was in a great mental state but uh, but (laughs) but yeah I think my tennis wise in Argentina it was great but when I was 15 I was already 28 in the world in the ITF rankings I think I reached my, my highest ranking as I don't know, 14, maybe, 14 in the world, I don't know. Okay. And, um, yeah, it kept on going. I thought about going to college, then I said, no, I'm doing good. I already won a few futures, and I think it's, this is easy, <laughs> you know, and yeah. And uh, what, because Argentina is, of course, one of the... Um, like main countries for tennis in South America and a lot of players they they go there to like Spain for example it's like the Spain in in South America and for tennis did you I mean now with experience that you have uh, you've you've been travel a lot can you kind of reflect a little bit what's what makes the difference there in Argentina why why that's so good on on building players well i think they are great especially uh with the men's side right now you have polaroska she's doing great and 
a few years ago we had Paula Ormachea, so they definitely have something special there. I think the mentality that they have, even though if, a, if there is a club player that is not really even very interested in tennis, he will get in the court and you will see that attitude running all over the place. They don't care if the ball is in or out, they are just fighting to be better, to be competitive. So I think that mentality that they have, that makes the, the huge difference. And because it doesn't matter if you're playing the worst player in the entire club, he's going to make you suffer for one point, you know, because he's going to get every single ball back. It doesn't matter. They are very competitive. And uh, I think for me, that was uh, a huge thing because that made me tough mentally to fight for every point uh, and besides they have great great coaches there as well right uh, we choose argentina because it was the closest home and of course it's a lot cheaper than coming here to the states or, you know so that was the easiest thing to do for us we didn't know much my sister as i told you she went to college she, she was a good junior player she was I think top 60 in the world also, she played junior Grand Slams, but whenever we were thinking about going professional with my family, we were like, oh, we need to do something else, yet we don't know what to do because everything is new. Right, uh, right. You don't have, a, you know, like in our countries, nobody really knows. There's no, the no path to follow. Exactly. The former players are not there really uh, like me i was a former player i'm not there in my country so right. it's really hard to find somebody that tells you oh no i think you should do this they are also like trying to go or to do the best with you but not really knowing what to do so it's and it um, was something that we decided thinking that it was the best for me might of might not have been the best thing but that's what we did you know right right yeah um so you you reached your your best ranking do you think that was key to make the transition or make the jump into the professional that um that achievement like in terms of uh confidence in terms of sponsors in terms of um kind of getting used to that pressure that competition that uh, you know it takes to when you when you are at that level you know in in terms of playing grand slams playing every week after week after week was that important for your transition or you think now that uh, it's not you had Azarenka, you had Radwanska, you had uh, Pavlichenko, I don't know, Sibulkova. You have so many girls, so I think that for sure it was a very important thing because out of the top 15, I think everyone made it except me, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not kidding. It, it was like that. It okay. was a great uh, age group. Okay. Um, So I think it, it, it is really important, especially if you look at the way that, oh, I'm, I'm playing the Grand Slams in juniors, but you see all that thing going on and you take it as a motivation, you know, like, hey, I actually want to be here right, someday, right. playing the real thing, the real deal. So I think it's a, it, it is important. Maybe it's not going to determine if you make it or not, but 
definitely it's a great thing and I I really enjoy those times as a junior I think they they make you and they build you as a competitor as well and how was your transition into the professional uh, well I started playing those um, I think my first futures were when I was 15 or 16 um, they gave me some walkers I believe in But wait, Nanda, wait, I want to ask you a question before you answer this. How, like, can you describe the way your your game identity? This was, was it easy to find for you the way you play your your game identity or or you found it through the years? Well, if you ask me how or what kind of player I was when I was, 18 or 17, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Like, I don't even remember what I did back then. Okay. But then, uh, I kind of, yeah, found, uh, like, some patterns that would help me make things easier. So I realized, like, oh, well, I have such a big difference between my forehand and my backhand that that can make me a different player from everyone because from my backhand side I could be so aggressive but on my forehand side maybe I couldn't do that so for me it was hard mentally because everybody was always complimenting my backhand and how good is your backhand oh wow you have such an amazing backhand and then I was thinking oh then my forehand is so bad you know <laughs> But um, I started by myself realizing the positives about my forehand. Okay. And I said, okay, maybe it's not that powerful as my backhand, but I can open more angles, I can have more variety, I can play safe with my forehand. So I did kind of find all that later. Okay. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm aggressive because aggressive doesn't mean that you have to hit the ball hard. It means that you can be aggressive with variety as well, you know? Yeah. So I think I found it later, not not right away. Uh, and of course, your coaches help, help you, but you also got to be um, like, you got to feel the confidence to kind of do it. And if you're not feeling that confidence, maybe that's not the pattern that, that you should be working on. Maybe it's something different. Maybe the coach thinks that you can do it, but you cannot actually do it because you're not feeling it, you know? And tennis players, we need to feel. We are not, we need to feel what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, and um, okay, so you, you, did you always travel with a coach? Mostly, mostly, yeah. Uh, at the end, not quite because, as I told you, I was traveling with my brother-in-law and he couldn't make it every week. Um, but mostly, I was traveling with with a coach, okay. which was, I think, a great opportunity that my parents gave me. Uh, and I'm very thankful because I, like, right now as a coach, I I think that I learned a lot through them also to be a coach right all right so so you jump into the professional when you were 16 15 and then 
how has that uh, changed for you? How, how did it affect you? Uh, I went out from college. Uh, I won, I think, four futures. So I was already 400. Okay. Uh, and my sister was like, hey, maybe you should go to college. It's good, you know? And I'm like, no, why? I'm so good. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, it's, this is so easy. Yeah. And then uh, I think the, the first three years, they, they were fine. I mean, I got to play quality of Grand Slam. I won challengers. I mean, it was good. But then I started to feel a little bit when it wasn't going well every single time I had some maybe I would play like three tournaments well and then maybe nine but and I was like oh I'm the worst in the world you know uh, why do I keep on doing this uh, I'm really good at this is this really what I need you started to be doing? Oh, doubting I yourself I should have gone to college I mean it's not as easy as I thought uh, I don't know, like, you start having all these doubts, thoughts, yeah, yeah and, and, like, doubts, and you're like, oh, and then it's like, oh, it's so much money that my parents are, it's the effort, uh, it's my effort, you know, and then you start having doubts, and then, obviously, when you're having doubts, then things are not going well in the court as well, because yeah. you have to make decisions constantly, and if you have doubts, then how are you going to perform well? Exactly. exactly. So, so then you could tell in my results that I was like this, you know? Um, what, what, like, in, in, in those moments, you, you, um, you, you had your coach by your side and did you, like, did you find a way to handle this? I mean, I think through a coach is hard because it's hard to open up, you know, and also it's hard to be honest to yourself and and analyze the, the things that are going on that moment and the things that passed and could, uh, could have had an impact on your life. So for me, I think that growing up and not having that family, like, you know, there, it ended up affecting my vulnerability, how do you say vulnerability? Yeah, yeah. As a player, and then thinking that being a good player was the same thing as being a good person, right? Mm. Because that's how I thought, like, oh, if I'm a good player, that means that I'm a good daughter, I'm a good person, I'm a good everything, I'm good at everything. So the extra pressure that I put to myself for tennis was like wow like how so it's hard right so i i couldn't manage it and i couldn't really understand that that's what was going on and that i shouldn't have done that i knew it after surgery and then that's where i was like oh this is not as hard like it's i'm not suffering you know i was suffering yeah. and pain but after i so it was a constant <laughs> right, right, right. pain, you know. So it, it for me it was hard. I mean, and it's uh, good. It's good that you that you share it because I think this happens to a lot of people. Um, 
to a lot of players. Uh, I think men's and and women's because we I think we tend to yeah what you said to mix things up, um, thinking that if we are good on what we do, then then everyone's gonna kind of. Uh, I know, I know. Love you more, or or you exactly. you're gonna be better just because you have a better ranking. Can, so that happens a lot. It happened to me certainly, like, and and I'm realizing now later, actually now this year, a lot of things that you're sharing, I'm like totally agree, and and I I kind of uh, can relate because um, it happens to me, and as it happens to you, it happens to a lot of people, I'm sure. Uh, what would you recommend to to um, players that are going through that? If you know a young player that they still have so much, so much time, so much, so many years to go, um, what what would you recommend? Like, what would you say to to a young Nanda? Just because, just because, you know, this is what what where we're doing this because maybe someone can hear this and and find tools to deal with whatever they doing well um let's say like i think that i would say that the tennis doesn't define you tennis is just a part of your life right it's not what you are it's not who you are it's just what you love so when you start uh, mixing all that it's like um that's when you get lost. Uh, what you love should be a joy, right? It shouldn't be painful, it shouldn't be. So that's what I would say. And that, um, for example, the other day- Like where, where will you put your focus? Like where, where, where will you, if you can go back, where will you focus? Where will you put your focus um, during those moments? You know, I think just on on effort, effort on the daily basis, um, not on the result itself. Like uh, I guess if you put effort on the daily basis, then results will come. But also, it's not like oh, I'm putting my effort. Why? Why not? Right. Um, I think uh, joy also, enjoy. The other day, my player was like, she's 11. She told me, hey, but all these girls are 11 and they are winning and I'm not. And I say, hey, do you love tennis? And she said, yeah. Do you want to play tennis? Uh, do you want to go to college? And she said, yeah. So I'm like, do you realize how many more years are you going to play tennis? She's like, no. Well, 11, I said. 11, 12, so you had a lot of time, yeah. and if you think about winning right now, there's no point to keep on doing this, but if you think about, hey, let's put effort, let's enjoy, uh, let's have fun while we are um, practicing, um, then that's different, you're going to become a great player, and you're going to be the best version of yourself, and I think this is the real advice that you're not trying to, to be the best in the world. You're just trying to be the best version of yourself on and off the court because one day tennis is going to be over 
and it's gonna be a matter of who you are as a person, not what you were as a tennis player. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be just you, you and the life will go on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, good one, pretty good, pretty good. What you just share, uh, totally agree. Um, Nanda, and then and then what happened? So, so you let's go back to, to you again. Um, you went through your ups and downs, you that's when the pain started, your, your injury. This, you already were playing with pain on your wrist during those moments. Yeah, um, it started, I, I probably handled the pain on my wrist for like before mm. surgery, I would say a year and a half, probably. Uh, so my singles ranking went down. I'm not going to say only because of the pain, but obviously I started playing with, uh, with, I was scared all the time to hit my backhand and my backhand was my best shot. Right. So for me, playing without confidence and like hesitating on that shot, it was tough. I couldn't make it. Um, and of course, uh, and I'm going to give it, this it's a good one for my dad. He he made me tough. Like no, there's no pain. Everything's in your head. So I kept on going. I kept on going. I kept you know like this until one day I woke up and my wrist was swollen. Like a, yes, like a golf ball there. And um, I went to Bolivia and they said, oh, it's just tendinitis, whatever. I wore, I wear a cast for four weeks. And then started over. How old were you now? Uh, like, I mean, by then. How old were you by, by that time? 23, maybe. Okay. Um, then my ranking in singles. I, you know that in WTAs, you got to be top 300 together for the guys that you don't even, you, one point you can have a protected ranking. Right. But on WTAs, you gotta be top 300, and in doubles, you gotta be top 200. So, also, it's like, oh, should I stop? Should I not? I can just keep on going. I mean, it's hurting, but it's not hurting as bad. So, oh, the ranking, uh, you know. So, I kept on going. I started doing well again. Uh, and I remember I was in Korea playing a 25, semifinals of a 25, and I hit a backhand late and again. So I came to the States and the doctor told me, uh, well, I mean, I think that you have something else that is not really going to show on the MRI. I still need to fix something else. So let's see. And I ended up having the same injury as uh, Del Potro, the one that took him like three surgeries. Right. And we did one. I came back. I started playing well. I won, I think, I think in... The 11 tournaments, I was already like 300 again, but then it was like two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks on. And yeah, I mean, I said after Fed Cup, I played Fed Cup great, and my it was like this, and I said, okay, no more, no more tennis for me. And uh, um, I, I want to talk about Fed Cup as well, but before that, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Fed Cup. No, but... <laughs> You'll see, you'll see. Um, like, when, um, what I was going to ask you, I forgot. Ah, you distracted me. Um, I have <laughs> good memories from Petco. But wait, um, 
I was going to ask you that when you go on court, because I'm going to give you my example. I, I was always uh, a player that, um, and I still, I think that's going to be me forever. I was always very nervous when I was stepping on court. Very nervous. Like, um, I think I could never display my game as I wanted to. Um, or, or, or maybe that's how I think. Maybe from outside, people doesn't, I mean, don't think like that. But I always felt that I could never, like I never display my best game uh, in, in any tournament. It was always something missing. So with you, uh, what, what kind of feeling you had on court? Because you were very aggressive. I, I think I was very passive and um, also, of course, a very chill person, very quiet person as well. And, and I, I, I bring that on court and, then, uh, and I, I get nervous uh, big time and it takes me more time to get rid of those uh, nerves. How was it with you? Like, did you, did you have any rituals, any, what, what, what were you thinking on court? Uh, for me, <laughs> I had to do, for example, if I was traveling with my coach, I would, um, I would need to be very active. So during um, the warm up, I would ask him to make side to side to me. So I was warming up like side to side because okay. I felt like I needed to be like a little bit out of breath. Right. And, and that's how I like to play. So okay. like I would like to play quick just because I felt like I needed to be a little bit like agitated in order to be very aggressive. If, if not, and this is funny because I was also getting very angry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not at the end so much, uh, but um if I was too passive, then I just, I just couldn't, right, you know. Right. So for me, it was very important to be active, uh, move my feet a lot, uh, because, you know, when I felt nervous, I felt like my, my legs weighed three hundred pounds. Okay. So whenever I had that feeling, I remember once traveling with my sister to Venezuela. I was like. I'm not moving, I cannot move, you know, complaining. And uh, and then I started knowing that that was me being nervous. Right. Right? So I started kind of trying to go through it during the warm-up. Okay. Because okay. sometimes you wake up, you wake up that day and you feel that that day, mm, you're mm -hmm. so on those days, I was like, oh, I got to be honest with my because if I hide it from myself, then, you know, I'm lying. I'm lying to me. So if I, I'm honest before the warm-up, then ah, maybe I can help myself. Maybe I can tell my coach to help me to get through that moment. But if you don't say it and, or you don't realize that you're a little bit nervous, because I think that sometimes you really wake up feeling differently than yeah, others. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I knew these days I was able to, to and, tell which days I was better or not. And then, and but for me, it was important to be even active on that little, you know, at that moment at the net where you are making the toss and everything. Yeah, 
<laughs> okay, that's good. Um, and like during the points, in between points, did you have like, can you remember your thoughts? It was just pure tactical thinking, or sometimes you were having weird thoughts and uh, like. For example, I, I give you an example. I, when I was like during matches, I sometimes I would start receiving like thoughts that were not helpful, like uh, thinking about the other person who's watching, what are they thinking of what I'm doing? So it was like now I'm thinking about it, it's like you're so stupid, you know. <laughs> But um, at that moment, it was like very critical. It was like really like you panic like i was panicking at a certain point i was like stop it you cannot read minds you know um but uh, it took me a few years to kind of learn to think tactically you know on court was that you you were always it was that easy for you uh, i think um i had few coaches that work with me on that specific stuff, like, oh, instead of being negative, just think what you're going to do the next point, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, even though I think I was aggressive on the court, I was actually thinking, what do I want to do with the ball every single shot? Or okay. if I play there, uh, should I, I mean, I play there because I want the ball to be here, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I was actually, when I was in a better state of mind, because not all the time I was able to make it, I'm going to be honest. I mean, if not, I think I would have done a lot better. Uh, but on my good days, oh, I was Clear the best at doing that. But uh -huh. on my bad days, of course, in between points, I was negative. Uh, I was thinking like, oh, I missed that shot. I'm so bad. Instead of, oh, I missed that shot because I let it drop. Oh, next time, don't let it drop. Uh, step in a little bit more. Uh, and, and this is why I think I was doing better at the end. Because I didn't feel like that. At the end, it was unbelievable. Like I was like, oh, it's okay. I cannot lay bad. The, you know, I was losing 6-0, 3-0. I cannot let bad the entire match. I'm going to play good the next point. And I convinced myself that you yeah. can, you have that power, you know, but it's like sometimes you don't use it. You Did forget you it or you don't really understand the, the power of your yeah. mind. Yeah, I, I think you start realizing through the years when you get more mature and you experience some other yeah, things. And, and Nanda, with all the experience that you have, can you give some tips before we talk about Fed Talk? Um, on how to identify like weaknesses in your opponent when you're step on court, some things that you can do to like, yeah, identify the weakness on the other side of the court and you can use it, you know. Do, do you have any, any structure to do that or? Well, for me, I, I understood at the end or because it's not easy, I think, to understand this. Uh, that every time you step on court, you are trying to be the one in control. And how, right? For me, it was more important to be the one that 
proposes her game, so my game, instead of thinking way too much about what the other one is doing. Okay. So if I can hit those shots that I like about the other one, right? right? So that was my thought. And when I realized that, I understood that I really didn't have to go down the line or that I didn't really have to change my backhand because my backhand cross was so good that if I kept on hitting there, I knew that I was going to be in the point. You know, for me, it was simple stuff. And then a... Simple. I think a good way to to check on the rival is like the warm up because sometimes maybe she has a best best better backhand but that day mm, she's not feeling great on that backhand so you have to change it right um, so maybe the warm up you can you can see how she's doing during the warm up. Uh, then other things, uh, the few, the first few games, I would see where she would serve on the important points. If she's serving wide uh, on the 30 old, the 40 old, then you see that that's a pattern because that's where they usually go when they are, Time. you know. So, but also I think for young players, it's hard to pay attention to these details, like. Now, if you ask me how many times do they serve to my forehand or to my backhand on this uh, particular game, I would remember, you know? Right, right. And I think I was I was a player like that, even though I didn't maybe look that way, but I was thinking, ah, so I think that she's going to serve to my forehand, that okay. she's going to serve to my backhand. And I remember in Fed Cup uh, that I was, we were playing doubles with Noelia, and she was returning on the outside. And I kept on telling her, Noelia, it's going to go to your forehead. <laughs> she, she looked at me and I'm like, it's going to go to your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> because while she was returning, I was keeping track of oh, where the other right. person was serving constantly. <laughs> and, uh, and she's still like, because, you know, in high altitude, it's hard to return. So yeah. you really need that extra second to to be able to read it. So if you actually know where it's going, it's a little bit easier. So right, right. it was like again, forehand, forehand. So I think uh, trying to pay attention to Details. to those important points where where the pattern goes, right? Cool, cool. I, I like it. I like it. Um, okay, let's talk about Fed Cup. Because um, <laughs> now you mentioned, I think, I mean, I play Fed Cup against you two times. One before, I think before your surgery. Uh-huh. In, in Me- Both times were in Mexico. One was high altitude in Potosi. And, and that, that was, uh, I think, a bittersweet experience for you and also for us, I mean, for Bolivia and, and, um, and for us. Um, I remember something really good, something really positive, and, and also something really negative, maybe from your side. Um, but let's go first with the, with the, the positive. Uh, we play a match that it was decisive match. Um, doubles you were playing with Noelia I was playing with Adriana 
And I don't know if you remember, but for me, that match was amazing. I think I think yeah, that was such a good like I didn't even know that uh, I could play such good doubles to that moment. It was such a good match. I really enjoyed that match as I think it was definitely the best doubles matches that I play in Fed Cup in my whole time. Um, and and uh, I don't know. I just remember you hitting so fast to 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 me at the net, and I was like, bam, bam. Bam, you were there and there and there. <laughs> it was like, it's coming again, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> um, the the bad parts that we lost, I think it was in, in the last set, super tie break or tie break in the last set, I, I don't remember, but we lost that match. Uh, but in, in overall, it was, was a great match and I, I was, I, it's a good memory that I have from that tournament. And then, and then you played uh, that tie with Adriana. I lost the singles against Noelia and then you were playing against Adriana. Um, you were winning, then Adriana was coming back and... No, no, no. I remember. I can't right, like, No, I remember I was I in the crowd and, and you hit a nace. 5-4 and I hit a nace, okay? Right. But... The, all the lines were covered, so the lineman co had called it out, but the judge didn't hear it. So he said he called it game set match Bolivia, right? Yeah, I remember. And Adriana was going to the net. Yeah, Adriana was going to shake hands with you. Exactly. And then your coach yeah. said, like, oh no, but the linesman. And and he said, oh, yeah, did you call it? And the linesman is like, yeah, I called it. And the judge, he said, oh, doesn't matter. Correction. Game set match Bolivia. And usually when these things happen. It's over. It's over because the judge is saying, okay, it doesn't matter. Because she didn't even touch the ball. It's not like she hit it and she missed it, right? It was yeah. an ace. And... Uh, yeah, then that lady came and she made me play again, and I went crazy. Like, yeah, I remember you went crazy, but crazy. but like, yeah, I mean, I I think I never saw you so mad on court that it was a, a bit awkward to be outside watching yeah. all that. No, you no, know? I went crazy, and, and I was. I mean, it was really tough because this was my second tournament after surgery, so I was like lost for confidence like i need this match i need yeah. to win one match you know yeah and then i was there and i felt like i cannot believe what she just did i mean yeah i felt like that was really unfair and i went crazy and i ended up losing six four in the third or six yeah. three in the, yeah. in the yeah. third yeah and then i remember i called my sister and she was like no i cannot believe that happened you know what you're gonna do nanda Listen, you're gonna think that you won that match because you won it, okay? Right, right. <laughs> and you're gonna go to that doubles and you're gonna win that doubles. You play great tennis, and she started, you know, I called her, I remember crying, and then I cried for like five minutes, and then I talked to her and I, I felt better, and I was like, yeah, I actually was playing very good tennis. Like, it was I a good shouldn't match. let this affect match. my confidence. 
So I went there and I remember that we ended up at 10 in the 10 p.m. playing 10 p.m. Yeah, it was super late. The match was late. three hours. Super it was like late. four or seven, five in the third, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, and and then uh, I remember Noelia telling me like, I cannot believe that you are ready to play. Like nothing just happened, you know. <laughs> you were crazy two minutes ago, but now you are. You seem fine, and I'm like, yes, we need to win. Yeah, it was a awkward moment when that happened because we kind of didn't know what to do. But um, and and uh, you like, I think your team like Bolivia is quite similar to Venezuela in some things, uh, because like in our team we always had like I was always the youngest and. And we always had like two players very experienced, like you. And Noelia is younger than you, way younger. She, I think she's my age or something. And you always had, Bolivia always had like junior players coming up, right? And it was something very similar to, to Venezuela. How, how was the, uh, if you can share a little bit, the whole dynamic in, in the team it, uh, with the captains, with uh, you as a leader in that team, um, can you share a little bit? Because like in 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 my team, uh, I played for six years. Yeah, six years. And sometimes there there was a really good engagement and a really good like team spirit. And some other times it was, in my opinion, it was not there. And I think it makes a difference when you play team competitions. And I know it's difficult because tennis players are all super individual. And But how was the dynamic? How was the, the feeling for you when when you were playing well, Fed Cup? I, I started playing Fed Cup when I was 14. That was the first time. I was the junior once, right? And uh, to be honest, I don't think I was a leader at the beginning, even though I was rank always the highest um, I think because like you said I was kind of thinking about myself and like uh, I'm gonna win this match and then what if they don't win and then we're gonna like negative you know and then uh, I kind of changed my mind a little bit and I said okay how can I help you know like how can I help inside the court uh, instead of a uh, Judging, probably, I should try to make them understand a little bit more about the the situations in the game because they don't have the experience. So then I think I realized that I was the one that had to do that and not the coach so much because you are there inside the court every single point. Right. The coach can only tell you a few things on the changeovers, but having that person every single point, that makes a really huge difference. Right. So um, I kind of also became more friends with Noelia, that, that was the one playing with me constantly. And uh, even uh, on tournaments that I was like, let's say, not planned to have... Uh, play doubles I said okay I'm gonna play with her so we're gonna use it to 
to get to know each other, to learn. Yeah. Uh, so I started telling her, hey, I think you shouldn't have gone down the line on this one. Maybe one more crosser because I'm going to help you. Uh, I can, I don't know, go poach. So things like this, you know, mm -hmm. and she, she kind of understood a little bit more about the doubles because she was basically playing singles on the doubles. And I said, we were both playing singles on doubles because I was trying to do my best and she was trying to do her best. Maybe I had a little bit more knowledge, like I knew about doubles a little bit more, but she was trying. I mean, you cannot say anything. She was trying. She didn't know that much. She wasn't, a, she didn't have the experience. So I said, okay, I'm going to tell her, I'm going to teach her. Uh, I think maybe this is your best shot. I was playing a little bit like a coach, but that was the only thing or the way, the only way to do it. And like on those moments, I was like, oh, Noelia, don't cover the back and go for the forehand. Right. Oh, Noelia, you know, poach. And she was like, oh, but maybe I'm going to miss. No, miss it. You know, miss it. This is the right thing to do. Right. It's okay if you miss it, you know? And I would be like, oh, it's okay if you miss it. And I remember with Daniela that was there. She went to Puerto Rico. She was very young. She was 16. And she she never did all this, like, oh, I'm going to poach on this first one. Uh, oh, Australian. Oh, I formation. Never. She was like, I'm going to get hit. No, you're not going to get hit. <laughs> trust me. Can you please trust me? And she played unbelievable, you know? But she let me guide her through it. Right. So it, I think I, I had more patience. And I was like, this is team. It's not me. We're right, a team. Right. So I think it's important to have somebody that understands that you are a team and that you're working for the same goal, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, doubles is so much fun, man. I, yeah. I really like doubles. <laughs> I want to play again. <laughs> I really like doubles. We, I never play with you, right? No, I never play with you. Um, uh, Nanda, please, Is we almost have an hour in... I think this is going to cut off soon because I'm not checking the time. But if you have more time and this cut off, can I call you back just in case? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, um, I wanted to continue your study after, after surgery because um, you had surgery and then, and then you stopped for how many years? You it was nine, nine months. Nine months. Okay. until the first tournament but then after the first after fed cup i still had to take like uh, three or four months off so basically it was a little bit more a year yeah right um then then you came back and i remember we i don't know if that was your first tournament again i think no but we played fed cup again in mexico again and that's when i saw you back on court um you were coming back to kind of support the team, right? Yes. Right. Um, so you play, you stop for nine months, almost like a year. Then you play for how many months? I play from July to, um, let's say, February. But uh, then you have the off-season, so and, it wasn't much. And... Uh, you, you decided to, to try it again, to, to give it another chance. What was the goal? What was the perspective after surgery when you when you started again? Well, when I decided to go and make 
surgery. I was like, okay, it's gonna take forever to go back because it was like six months and then maybe a year until you feel comfortable getting back. And I'm like, oh, great, great news. Um, <laughs> so, exactly. So I said, um, well, you know, I went actually, I went to those tournaments in those islands at the beginning of the year. Right, right, Martinique. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I played two tournaments there and then Fed Cup, but I didn't really do great there. I was like uh, all over the place, but it wasn't me playing bad. It was just like out of that competition zone that you have. And um, and then after Fed Cup, it started bothering again. And uh, well, I kept on going like that, but yeah, definitely after when I all those months that I couldn't play, it was like, oh, I really miss it. Uh, I need to be there again. Uh, all these girls that uh, I've beaten before, they are making it. You know, I can make it. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh, then you you really start understanding all the things that you like or love about this sport. Yeah, yeah definitely. That you didn't before. So yeah. it's like, Somebody took them away from you, and I really want them back. Yeah. So that's what happened right there. And, um, yeah, I went back, and it was great. I mean, after Fed Cup, I think I went to play Mariana Duque in the, at 25 in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I was – she did great the week before in Acapulco, and I was – playing so good the first set I won second set I was winning I hit a bad back and boom I get in the race I started crying immediately I lost 6-0 in the third set or I think I don't even remember if I finished I think I did I lost 6-0 in the third set again went back I couldn't play for several months and that was the story after the surgery I was doing yeah. very good and then boom, again back. yeah so that, that was that. Yeah, it's a pity. It's a pity that, uh, yeah, I mean, you wanted to try it again and it's just something outside of your control, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, um, you, 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 have a, you have a little girl now, no? Uh, is she going to yeah. play tennis? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see. Uh, for now, I try to give her the racket and she's like, no, mama, tennis, no. <laughs> um, Nanda, to finish, we are at the end of uh, our chat. Can you, in a recap, and recommend like three habits, three things that every tennis player should start doing? Like, if they are not doing it, you should start doing it. Um, I think warm-up can prevent a lot of things uh, you see all the players the pro players doing all these core exercises stability for the shoulder all that I think is very important and nobody takes it seriously uh, you you warm up and you run two or three laps and you're done right yeah and really uh, tennis takes a lot I mean the entire body is working to hit that ball so I think a good warm-up uh, could potentially save you from, from injuries. Um, then work hard every single day of your life. If 
you work hard, I think the results will come. Maybe a not now, but eventually you're gonna become the best player you can be. And then another thing: don't ever compare to somebody else. Uh, just that should be enough to say I did it. I did it. That's it. Live your your process. Exactly. Awesome. Okay, that's that's great. Uh, Nanda, thank you very much, and and uh, I think our English is not too bad. Uh, we did, no, no, we did great. We did great. <laughs> um, definitely, we'd love to do one in Spanish. I'm sure we're gonna be more detailed, uh, but I still think we did great in English. <laughs> um, for two Spanish speakers. Not bad at all. Uh, Nanda, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I know you might be super busy now. Uh, you just finished on court. Your little girl is right there. Maybe she's like, Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> One hour looking at the phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much, Nanda, for sharing your, your journey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know that this is a, a, a project that you love and that you are really paying a lot of attention and putting a lot of effort so thanks for for having me it's a great project everybody should follow your page because you have a lot of good content so yeah congrats you're doing great thank you nanda un abrazo ciao <laughs> <laughs> ciao nos vemos Guys, if you like this episode, uh, please just share it with your community online, offline. Share it with your friends, with your teammates, with your coaches, with your parents. Um, just put it out there. Don't keep the whole uh, knowledge and the whole, um, you know, fun for yourself. Just share it with more people. Um, take a screenshot of your screen um, while you're listening to this podcast and tag me on Instagram. Tag the players box. And I'll, that would definitely make, like, it's going to make my day. I promise you. Um, I, I constantly receive messages, but um, I'm always reading everything. And I'm really behind my phone, checking everything that's happening with the players. But so it's going to make my day so much better if you if you share it with more people. And if you, if you tag me one IG story with a, a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast.